Blog Talk Radio. And top of the morning to you, everybody. It is now Friday morning, 7 a.m. on the third day of January. That means it's time for an all-new Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Elman alongside Will Porter here today, and we're going to bring you two solid hours of sports radio. We've got some guests coming in to hang out with us for a few minutes uh, to just check in. Of course, Ben Moore is going to do that at 7.30. He's with 24-7 Sports. Uh, he'll check in with us uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. We'll get into what has been since the last time he was with us, which, uh, again, uh, was earlier this week, uh, he covers also Georgia State. Now, Georgia State, uh, a team that didn't finish in the bowl game the way they wanted to. But, boy, did they have a great run during the 2019 season with Coach Elliott uh, and the fellas. And, uh, man, going to get into that conversation. Also talk to him about what he thinks and has seen and, and what he uh, is excited about looking ahead here in the remainder of the bowl season. Still have the national championship game to be played on the 13th of January. Uh, only a couple of days from my birthday. How about that? So uh, it might be a gift. Uh, I guarantee you this. When it's all said and done, when that game is said and done, the Tigers will win that game. question is, which Tiger will it be? I'll go ahead and bring in uh, Will Porter. Will, uh, good morning to you, my friend. Uh, our final regular week show. Of course, you have your show tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, right here on Southern Sports Central, the fifth quarter. Uh, but, uh, man, it's, it's been a solid week, kind of been a weird week. We took off on Wednesday. I felt like yesterday was Monday. Uh, your thoughts on uh, today's show? Yeah, it did feel like that. Good morning, everyone, and good morning to you as well, Richie. Yeah, um, you know, great great show yesterday. It, it did feel like a Monday, though, uh, with the day off for New Year's, but it, it is the third day of January, and uh, only the second show, but that's okay, because we, we have uh, plenty more in store, if the Lord allows, and uh, and then also, of course, the, the fifth quarter uh, radio show coming at you tomorrow morning. Uh, a lot a lot to talk about on there. Uh, I think that's going to be more of an NFL show because it is wild card weekend uh, up and coming. Uh, a lot of the topics and, and the, the games that are going to be surrounding those um, those games are, are the topics. And just it, it's a show still getting lined up, uh, still getting uh, some of the some of the details and the fine things worked out. So. I can be able to uh, uh, pump out a great show uh, for, for you listeners tomorrow morning, uh, starting at 8 a.m., running for two hours, and, uh, and, and just, a lot of, uh, just a lot of real authentic, uh, trying to be as authentic as possible uh, with, uh, with this uh, reporting, with uh, the, the analysis and, and the predictions and all of those things. Uh, should be a good show tomorrow, but uh, as for right now, we're going to focus on the show today, Richie. Yeah, we've got a lot going on here today. Of course, uh, as I told you, Ben Moore, he's going to drop by around 7.30 this morning, and our buddy Reginald Walker from Charlotte, he checks in around 8 o'clock. Of course, he is a former player for Jopa over there with Penn State, so we'll talk to him about the Big Ten. Boy, they uh, hey, big win for them for Minnesota. I mean, that's 
that means a lot, and I get it. And, and, and I understand that some people get into this and some don't. But the one thing about bowl season that we do like to do, because hey, it gives us something to kind of get after here, is that conference versus conference conversation. So we'll get into that with him. Uh, he knows some NFL. We'll talk to him about some of the NFL because there was a firing yesterday. At some point yesterday, uh, Jason Garrett is gone. The Cowboys now will have a new guy running the scheme of things. And, and I'm not doubting that, that the NFL, uh, you know, doesn't have a lot of great things on and off the field that are covered. And, and we'll get into that here uh, a little bit here this morning as well because it is, like you said, it's the, uh, the playoffs start tomorrow. So uh, we've kind of do, dove into that off and on uh, throughout the week. But just like college football, we'll – there's only but so much we can we can dissect here uh, for us because we've been here for five days with you, four days this week, uh, just like college football. You know, we can only beat that drum so much. Got to let these guys play the game, and then we get into the to the grits of everything. And we'll do that uh, with uh, Will and myself and our guest here today. We'll, we'll talk a lot about a lot of things. Uh, but when it comes to the Cowboys, uh, you know, for me, I get it. They're loaded. Man, talent-wise, they should be in the Super Bowl before they even – season starts but when you have an off-field discrepancy before you even hit practice one with your running back who has made it all about him to the point that they made t-shirts to make money on Zeke not coming back and then he's back uh and and all look you got what you asked for it's a team sport you got to be a team player and 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 that's a problem that's the only thing that I struggle more with the NFL than college and that's why you know, I don't really get much in the NFL until about this time when the high school kids kind of put their pads away. Then we bring the NFL guys in a little bit more. It's because they're a little bit more me guys than the we guys. And and maybe the college guys would do that if they were allowed to, but they're not allowed to. The rules won't let that happen. And high school for sure won't either. But we can get a little bit into more NFL action, but we've we've been breaking it down all week this week with the teams that are playing. Now they just got to go play. At that one point, can we just get them on the field and let them go play? Uh, So we have all that going on. But, again, uh, we may end up hearing also from Matt Sims. He's coming uh, all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And that's going to be an interesting conversation because, again, you know, he represents uh, the LSU Tigers. He's over there on that campus uh, walking around and snooping around and seeing what he can pull out of the trenches over there. Uh, So he may check in. And then there were some games yesterday that were played. We'll talk about that. Uh, Tennessee, how about that one? Now, one of our own, Kenny Solomon, who uh, is from my alumni, Sockesty High School, number 31 on your chart, as they say, number one on your heart. Uh, he uh, had a huge opportunity yesterday to be a part of that uh, comeback win all the way in the fourth quarter. That game was over, by the way. 20, what is that, 22 to 7 or something. Here comes Tennessee. They score, put 14 on the board, onside kick, get it, score it, count it, good. They go up 23-22. That's the victory. And that, to me, is huge. That's a big win for a program that they were on fire by the second, third game of the week. As we said, Georgia State. Well, Georgia State beat them earlier in the year. Yeah. No, this this is a game also to dissect, and we'll we'll get to it after the break. But, yeah, if if you didn't watch this game, uh, you were missing out. Mm -hmm. This this was a Gator Bowl, uh, one of the better better bowl games uh, that, quite honestly, that I've seen uh, other than the uh, Clemson-Ohio State game. Uh, is one I think that Oregon, Wisconsin, and the Rose Bowl was one, uh, but th- this one has to be top three for sure. Uh, this game last night, uh, as Tennessee takes home the win in um, in what was a struggle on both sides and very physical game, and of course we'll get in, into all of that uh, just after the break. But um, you know, for one thing, 
we know that we have we control the conversation most of the, most of the time. But hey, if you want to be a part of this conversation, uh, be sure to call in to the show, and I'll give you that number right here. That number is three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. Again, the number is three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. Richie. Yeah, it, it, you know it was funny, interesting. Yesterday, uh, as I'm sitting uh, at the house, we were I was watching the game and uh, very uh, excited to kind of see this this comeback, if you will, for Tennessee. Uh, just because of the fact that we have, of course, uh, yeah, a, a lot of connections here, getting more and more close. And I actually had a chance, as you remember, at the uh, South Carolina uh, high school state championships to talk to Coach Pruitt. Yeah, we did. Remember, I got a chance to talk to him. That was fun. And uh, and then there's that one kid. Wow. Hmm. Who's that going to Tennessee that's going to be out of the uh, uh, out of Dutch Fork? Hey, it's Jalen Hyatt, right? There you go. Yes. Jalen Hyatt, his very own. Uh, going to be heading that way as well. So I can only imagine his camp and and, 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 and the people within his family are excited to, to see that victory last night. That kind of gets you the momentum going, yep, we made the right decision. Because a good team, you know, will, will, you know will, will not give up. A good team will come back. And that showed so much character last night for Tennessee and that coaching staff and uh, that entire situation up there in Knoxville. And it was funny because all the way through, all but uh, three and a half quarters, people kept poking fun at the bear, talking about, well, I haven't heard any Rocky Top. Well, they saved the best song for last because they played a lot of it. Trust me and believe me, Rocky Top was heard all throughout the Gator Bowl area for many hours last night, probably still playing it right now. And uh, there was a segment where you saw a young, uh, uh, an older fella there with a number one, on his jersey, stands up, and, and, I mean, the game is is in hand. I mean, it was every bit of uh, 22 to, to, I believe, what, 9 is, is, I think is what it was there. But, anyways, uh, you, you, see this, uh, you see this guy jumping up, man. He's giving everybody the business. And all of a sudden, tables turn, and here comes the volunteer. And that Navy rolled all the way through the end zone, from end zone to end zone, and didn't give up. And all the side kick that was perfect. We'll get into it here next. We'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll take some calls. You want to do it now. You want to get in here early because it's 730. It is going to be Ben Moore at 8 o'clock. We're going to get in here with Reginald uh, Walker, Jr. He's going to check in with us as well. So we've got a couple of guests here to dissect some of this action going into the weekend and as well this week. Call in. Hang out. Here we go. 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. Here's what's on the menu today, of course. Uh, you get the likes of college football, bowl game mania, still in full effect, NFL playoffs also happening. And if there's something else, oh, if there's something else, come on in and hang out. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter. We're tweeting all throughout the show right here at SO Sports Central. I'm Rich Alban. That's Will Porter. We'll be back. Segment two coming up next. Hello, good morning, how you doing? Waking up, shaking, yesterday's blues, yeah. Turn the TV off, the bad news, man. Feeling fresh like a zip jock new man. OJ with a champagne tuna. Put my foot on your ghost running through ya. Hell yeah, it's a new hallelujah. Popping like the top off a bottle and I ain't stopping yet. Pulling up the ocean, this is evolution, you're not 
Top of the morning to you here live on Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie. I'm alongside Will Porter here for uh, the second segment of our broadcast this morning, the final regular week show here on Southern Sports Central. Uh, you can call in and hang out with us, uh, 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in over here on the Matt's Burgers Hotline, 323-784-9681. This segment brought to you by our friends over at Matt's Burgers. Matt's Burgers located downtown Somerville. You can check them out, 102 South Cedar Street uh, in downtown Somerville. Runs parallel right there beside the railroad track. Uh, trust and believe me when I tell you, if you're looking for one of the best burgers you've had ever, and I mean this thing is smothered and covered with chili cheese and that homemade Tice or chili, it is incredible. This young man has done an incredible job putting together a menu, an establishment, an atmosphere that is five-star, period. The only thing that's missing is a hotel directly beside it so that you can go take a nap afterwards. So uh, they are open for lunch and dinner, 1130, doors open, doors close around 830. You want to get in there in between those hours, uh, as I say, in between the dash, that's what you can control. And so uh, control where you go and eat and uh, and just enjoy it. They do have outdoor seating as well in a uh, nice little courtyard area, so you can check them out there. But make sure you let the wait staff know that you heard about them right here on Southern Sports Central. It is, again, uh, 7.15 on Friday morning. We wish everybody uh, a happy new year. This is the first time you've had a chance to check in with us since our last show, and it was before the uh, new year kickoff. Uh, we are very excited about 2020, uh, where we will be out and about on location. Third Thursdays, we are going to be downtown Somerville, uh, where we will um, try to do a little bit more remote stuff here uh, at least once a month, if not maybe twice a month, but we'll kind of wait and see how it goes, which means when we do a show on third Thursday, we'll have a show in the morning and in the afternoon, possibly maybe just the afternoon, but we'll keep you posted on that. Now, if you would like us to come to your business, that's an easy thing to do. We can work something out where we can do a live remote there. Uh, we can bring the guests with it. We can bring a lot of things here uh, with just, just uh, follow us on Facebook at Southern sports central and inbox is there or over on the world of Twitter. That's S O sports central. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram 
at Southern Sports Central as well. So, uh, yesterday, great games yesterday. It was really, again, one of the best games I think I've, well, not one of, there's been a lot of games that have been really good, to be honest with you. I don't want to isolate Tennessee's only, you know, their, their big win there, but uh, I was impressed. I thought Tennessee did exactly what they needed to do to win the game that was in front of them. Now, here's the thing. Again, we say this all the time, and for me, you know, you can come through here and do the things you do, but when your back's against the wall and you've been trailing the entire, and I mean the entire game, you know, to me, to come back to something like that, that that's just speaking volumes of, of character, of not just the players on that field, but the coaches, because you've seen so many times coaches will – will turn on one another, and it happens oh so often. But in this game, oh, boy, in this game, in the Gator Bowl, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, that wasn't even the case. As, uh, of course, uh, we mentioned in Jacksonville, Florida, Tennessee, sure knows uh, how to get out of a huge hole. They did it in, in fashion yesterday. I mean, you're talking about volunteers who scored twice in 30 seconds. Twice in 30 seconds span using an onside kick to help escape that 13-point deficit and then Oh, and then stunned the uh, Indiana team 23-22 in the Gator Bowl on Thursday night for a, a rally that, quite quite frankly, um, it was awesome. I mean, it, it was every bit. I mean, you got to think about it. This team started 1-4 and four and ended with six consecutive victories. Now, you say what you want to say. and I mean, you, you already saw the tweets out there yesterday where everybody's like, oh, well, here go the, here go the firing – of the coach again, coming out any time now. And, and, and of course, uh, you know, all the, all the keyboard warriors started to, 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 to mouth off a little bit. And I've learned you wait, you let it play itself out. Don't react so quick because I know a handful of guys on this roster. I'm pretty familiar with some of the coaches on this roster. Some of them coached at South Carolina, by the way, T Martin was one of them, mm-hmm. former uh, Tennessee volunteer, but he coached over at South Carolina as well under the likes uh of uh, Steve Spurrier, I think was Spurrier was there, was he was there as well. But my thing is this, is you got to wait, let it play itself out. Now, it looked to be dismal. It looked to be bad. It looked to be like, okay, Tennessee, you, you shouldn't have taken time off. You know, it's, it's kind of like this. When you're in, a, you're in a basketball tournament and it's, it's you know, these, all these games are played, but you've won the three, but then you got to sit out for one, but you're going to play the winner of that other one, who the momentum's going to go for probably the guy that's still been on the court the last two or three times, right? So, for me, it's like you don't want to sit out. You don't want to buy going into the playoffs. You know, NFL, we talk about that all the time, too. Is it good to have a buy? We get Green Bay's got a buy. We get that the 49ers have a buy. And on the other side, of course, you know, the AFC teams have buys. And we get all that. But it's a good thing. Some teams know how to handle it. Some teams don't. I don't like to sit out. I want to play every weekend until I get to the final weekend. Will, you sat back. You and I watched this game, uh, of course, from different places. But uh, when it was 22 to 9, you know, <laughs> Indiana fans were dancing in the streets, man. Had no idea what was about to go down. Yeah, there was already a ticker, ticker tape parade there, um, it, wherever it is there, um, uh, Burlington, Indiana, or wherever. Um, yeah, this was, this was a great game. And uh, to be honest, kind of lopsided at, at one point because you, you mentioned the 22 to 9. Um, you know, at one point, the, in the game, the Volunteers they pulled their starting quarterback. Uh, they they were trailing, uh, you know, at one point twenty two to nine, like you said, with ten twenty seven uh, left in the entire game. And, and they uh, see Jarrett Guanantano, Guanantano. There it is. He was pulled in the third quarter because uh, he he threw an interception for a touchdown, the pick six. 
uh, but he re-entered for uh, for backup Brian Maher after just one series, and he, and he finally led the vol- Volunteers on back-to-back touchdown drives uh, to, to finally take the lead. And Indiana had plenty of time. There were, there were a ton of mistakes that were made uh, on Tennessee's side of the ball. Uh, I remember the final sequence uh, of, of events, and it came down to the kicking game. And so uh, the Hoosiers were, were able to drive it down the field uh, just far enough to where they can get inside field goal range. Uh, they try to kick a field goal. It ends up going no good. And so then, okay, now it's Indiana's turn on defense. They got to make a stop here. And then uh, just when you think uh, they're out of timeouts at this point, and just when you think that there's a first down for Tennessee, uh, they they end up having to uh, come, and, come and measure them with the yard markers and then come back uh, and, and do it on replay review and see exactly where – uh, the ball carrier's knee touched the ground and where the football was, and it was actually a yard short. And so then it's fourth and one. And then the forward momentum of the offensive line, the the, the center uh, ends up going further than, than he's supposed to probably. Um, and he does this illegal forward motion, uh, bringing the ball up, uh, up just a yard, but it's just enough. They, they throw a flag, it's a five-yard penalty, and so now it's fourth and six, and they have to punt the ball away. And, and, and that led to uh, Ramsey, uh, the, the quarterback for the Hoosiers, uh, and another opportunity with 48 seconds left on the clock. He, he started to drive hot, a 24-yard pass and a 12-yard pass back-to-back, and then four uh, consecutive intercept, uh, incompletions, and they ended the game on downs there. Um, you know, this, this is the first season since 2007 that Indiana has uh, had a winning record. Uh, they, they go 8-5. and five. It would have been the first nine-win season in about 52 or 53 years. I, as the, the number was 1969 or, or 1967. 1967, I want to say, is when it was. And they've not won a bowl since the 1991 um, Copper Bowl. And, and they were seven minutes away from snapping the longest such drought among Power 5 schools. And that's, a, that's according to ESPN stats and information. But you have, you have a running back in, in Tennessee's running back you know, 14 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. Another running back, Ty Chandler, for 12 carries for 35 yards. Um, let, let's not even forget Josh Palmer, his six catches for 68 yards for Tennessee. Um, it, like I said, it, it was very lopsided, it felt like, uh, just because of how inconsistent that um, Georgia's offense was. Or not, not Georgia, Tennessee. Just how just how inconsistent that they were on offense, but yet the defense continued to save them all throughout the day, all throughout the night of that game. But that's the SEC for you, though. I mean, when you would think about the old SEC, it was a power, strong, smash mouth defensive conference, and that's kind of you know what you saw. They had a chance. Uh, they had a chance to put it away. Indiana did throughout the game, and and when you got to settle, here's the thing: when you go out, and, and who else learned about it? Another Big Ten team learned about it. You cannot leave points on the board. Twelve points were left on the board in the Ohio State-Clemson game. Twelve points wins them the ball game in, in the semifinals uh, about a week ago. Same thing here. If Indiana doesn't have to rush out and throw in three points and could put up seven points, they win this ball game. no matter what. It's a huge difference. You can't settle for three when you need to get seven. It's a big deal. Yes, put points on the board. I get that part. But when you leave things out, yeah, hey, 
good teams take advantage of it. It was very interesting uh, that uh, Jeremy Pruitt, he went for the onside kick, and, the, and then whenever he got it, I was like, okay, yeah, that was the right call. Um, but with it being closer to, to three or four minutes left in the entire game, I thought to myself, you know, you should trust uh, – don't you think you would trust your defense a little bit more? But then again, you wouldn't want to take chances, and that's, and that's the chance that he took. That's uh, what all the other coaches thought, though. All the other coaches will thought the same thing. That's why he went for the onside kick. Everybody yeah. else thought, well, there's enough time. Go ahead and kick it, and we'll get the defense in there. We'll pressure him. We'll put it against the wall. But he said, well, we don't need to think like them. We need to think like us. Let's be more like us. And to yeah. what you saw, I think it was and he, a and he, and he had very And he had very high confidence in, yeah. in, in that special teams uh, to be able to do it. And, and I'm not going to doubt this here for, uh, for a second. But I, I thought, among with uh, quite a couple of other people uh, on Twitter at the time, uh, that he did not uh, catch it or, or he did not uh, possess the ball after the 10 yards. Uh, and, and a lot of people were saying, no, it should, it should take it back. And then, you know, the, the commentators on the game, they said, oh, well, uh, there's not enough, probably not enough evidence to overturn it. But still, you know, nonetheless, I, I take a look at that play um again and I'm I'm replaying it in my mind it's such a good play uh and it doesn't matter where his foot is it matters where the ball is and what um and when he makes contact with it and when he when he finally catches it and then that's the game winning drive right there and there was just enough faith in Tennessee uh to be able to pull out a win uh pull the rabbit out of the hat and and for it to be a one point game and and then all of the chaos that ensued shortly after I mean that's enough for a soap opera right there. Yeah, it's so, soap opera football. <laughs> and, and for me, and, and I, I don't mind the instant replay to some degree, but to me, it's like you know what? Sometimes too much technology is too much technology. Make the call, live with the call, move to the next play. I mean, yep, my gosh, yep. a you're dragging out the game so long. B is, I just again, it's careful what you ask for. It's what we wanted. We all wanted instant replay. God forbid somebody making a mistake in life, and and we don't get instant replays in life, but we'll get one on this game because it's it's important. No, listen, man. I'm done with it. Like I, I'm just, I'm done with it. I just think that at the end of the day, because I'm going to tell you, no more than, than that wasn't a first down, go Tennessee, than it wasn't a, a, a turnover on downs for Ohio State. He didn't make a football play or move. Come on, the dude took four steps. I mean, hell, in basketball, that's called a travel. It's reality. What he's got to do, he's got to bring it down. He's got to put it in. He's got to pull his wallet out, introduce it to the defender, and say his name, and then move out and go vote. I mean, my God, the guy took three or four steps with the football in his hand. That's a step. That's a walk. That's a, that's a traveling basketball. That's a reception. But because he didn't make a football play or football move, man, whatever. Look, make the call. Live with the call. Live on to see another day. I, I don't want to – the instant replay, is, it's going to ruin football. I'm telling you, I don't like it. I didn't mind it at first. I was like everybody else, guilty. Check it out. I'm guilty. But I don't like it. I don't like it. Do away with it. Bye. It has its uses. Yeah. It, it, ha- it has its uses, but now it's become to where... Do you, get, do you get the instant replay in your life when you make a decision? Do you get an instant replay? Do you get to go back and say, wait, hold on a second. I'm just kidding. No, but I wish. But you no. don't, though. But it's reality. You don't. So sometimes you have to be held accountable for your actions. Yeah, but this is this is a game that we're talking ah, about, and and, and I and that I makes it even better. Yeah, but look, I I understand I understand the point of view that you're coming from. Because and, here's and, what happens: is that was that was a catch. As much as you people want to argue that he didn't have enough steps in his life to to make that a first down, <laughs> it is it, it is what it is, dude. It, well, maybe he didn't make a football play. What the heck was that? I mean, that's the most dumbest thing I saw this couple of years ago before so, you got in here at Somerville. Okay. Have you ever heard of a call? Have you ever heard of this call? 
tackling too rough. You know, that's a thing. If you don't believe me, ask Jimmy Bracey, who Mitch used to West- play football at Somerville and but- now is playing over at Benedict College. He got penalized for tackling too hard. It's like uh, this must have been implemented after Jadavion Clowney's hit on the Michigan player in the 2011 Outback Bowl because, you know, that if, if the same play would have been made today in Jadavion Clowney, uh, the, the exact same play, he would either be that, – that would have been a 15-yard penalty and a first down for Michigan. Right. Or he would have been ejected and or both because just of how violent the hit was and how the helmet God. came off. But still, like, and still, that, and, and they, but, that, but that's oh. all speculation. Like, this is purely speculation. So that, that's, all, that's all hearsay. We can just, we can think about it and, and fathom, you know, play the what-ifs game. But I hope he's all right. Yeah. No, no, he is. <laughs> he is. It's a football hey. sport, dude. It's, con- it's a contact sport. It's a collision sport. It's not contact. It's a collision sport. It's, you, my job is to take and, and tackle you and put you down. I'm not going to say, all right, dude, I'm going to be over there in like five minutes. It's not like I'm coming to pick you up for dinner. No, I'm coming over to take your dinner, brother. This is not a this, – we, we, we're not friends for three or four hours. You understand this? That's the only time I don't want to deal with you. I don't like you for three hours, and then we're good again. It's like best friends, man. Sometimes we get in the best fights, but then after the fight's over, we're good. Man, hey, what's up? Let's go grab something to eat. We're good. No, it's a collision sport. My job is to be a gladiator and collide into you. Right now. And it, uh, well, that wasn't nice. Well, hell no, it's not nice. I've never been knocked out. And, and God, I'm saying, man, whew, now you should have told me. You know what? I, I just, I don't understand. They're, they're taking football. And I hope to gosh that we're not going to flag football in 2030. But that's what it feels like right now. It feels like to me that we're doing everything but putting a, bu- you ever seen the movie where well, you're a little bit younger? There used to be a movie out called Bubble Boy. You ever seen that? I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's the worst movie of all time. It is awful. I, I figured awful. as much. I, I I've never watched title. it, but I've seen bits of it. And every time I even think about it, I think of what they're doing to quarterbacks now. They're putting them in a bubble. And I get I, – I don't have any problem with a wide receiver that's running, you know, and, and doesn't see the blind side of a defender coming in at him, and he just takes him out. I don't – I understand that concept. But football has been around for so long with so less pads. I mean, rubber helmets. Leather helmets, if you will, actually. No pads. No nothing. And it was a great sport then. It's a great sport now. Be mindful how many rules and regulations you put into this game. Because, again, you know, Sarah and Sally on ESPN will be at the cheerleading competition this weekend, Will. And they'll be throwing them up in the air. And I promise you, I do not want Sarah down there catching me. Because she's probably not. And meanwhile, here comes Sally up from about 50 feet in the air. She bounces her face across the uh, mat. What about her? What about that? No pads, no nothing. And you got to trust these little 15, 16-year-old little girls to catch her? No, I don't think so, dude. It's a lot safer in football than it is in that. You're right. And all these rules are in place. And, and this is, again, this is a hot take for me. So like, you know, take, take this at face value. We can discuss this at a later time or whatever. But a lot of these, a lot of the safety measures, not, like now, a lot of the safety measures now, including the rules and the equipment and all these things, I think are really from the, the people out there that are not as uh, connected to the sports world as we are, that, that don't watch it all the time, that understand the fundamentals of the game, that don't really 
uh, don't really have a grasp for for the the overall. The game, the word you're, they're afraid you're looking for is never played the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've never played the game. We got to go to break because I do think uh, we do have uh, a, uh, we have our, our guy coming in here. Uh, of course, uh, Ben Moore, twenty four seven sports, supposed to check in at uh, any minute now. But uh, yeah, here, here's the thing. It's just simple, and I know we got away from stuff there, and that's what I do. Uh, you know, this is ADD approved uh, sports radio at its best here, and, and we're gonna bounce around. <laughs> Like a fly on a porch. The point that you were trying to get to is that this was a very physical game, the Gator Bowl. Well, the point I got to is that that was a – the point – the the real thing was that that was a first down Tennessee, okay? Uh, This is what it is. Did he go 10 yards? Man, he made it nine yards and so many seconds. Nine nine and three-quarter yards. Give me a break, dude. He was about two inches from from the goal line. Make the decision. Live with the decision. (laughs) Yeah, we make decisions in life. There's no replays. There's a fair chance of redos. I just I – don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. Go to break, come back. Uh, ben Moore, 24-7 Sports, joining us next. We'll talk about that game and all the other ones as we're live on a Friday morning. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman, alongside uh, Will Porter here, the producer of the show here on the other side of the glass, taking your calls, hanging out with us, tweeting us, debating us, doing it all here on Southern Sports Central. The number to call in to the Matt's Burgers hotline is 323-784-9681. That's the number to call in. This segment brought to you by our friends over at Simmons Barbershop. Now, Simmons is the one-stop shop that you can hang out with them, learn about what's going on in town, and, oh, yeah, by the way, get ready for the weekend. Is, uh, they give you the best haircuts in town. That's the oldest barbershop in town. It's like dropping by Mayberry and uh, hanging out with uh, the barber and uh, the town people and hearing what's going on. Coach McKissick used to say this all the time. It's a 45-minute conversation. A, uh, a, a Well, actually, 
visit. It was a a, a ten minute haircut and a thirty minute uh, conversation. So here's what we got to do. We got to go over to the hotlines now. Matt's uh, burger hotline is now full with uh, our guest from Atlanta, Georgia. We'll check in now. Ben Moore, top of the morning, brother. Uh, man, I tell you what, what a week it has been. Uh, Happy New Year to you and uh, your family. But uh, you didn't get the gift that you wanted for Georgia State, but you have gotten the gift and, and watching some other good college football around uh, on the tube there, buddy. Yeah, it's been uh, – this This was one of those fun things we talked about last week. It uh, just keeps rolling. Uh, more games uh, certainly upcoming. And uh, and then, of course, that uh, national semifinals here uh, here in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, Happy New Year to you and yours, sir, and uh, good to be talking to you in 2020. No doubt about it here. Uh, let's get into it, man. So, what, what, what we've been debating this, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to listen in as you're getting ready for your uh, Friday morning uh, here, but uh, we, we talked a little bit about that Tennessee game last night. Man, what a great job by Pruitt and the Vol, uh, Navy, which is their fan base, of course, and all of those guys who really, uh, you know, they got their money's worth out of the game. It was kind of like the tortoise and the hare, right? Uh, I just didn't think, I honestly wasn't sure Tennessee was, was going to pull this one out with uh, fourth quarter midway through, but uh, they do it. And, and Pruitt style, if you will. I mean, uh, talk about a team that doesn't understand how to give up. I mean, they win the last six games there. They uh, they finish with a very strong recruiting class uh, in the early signing period. And I would only imagine, Ben, this has got to promote them and propel them to really big things because they're young, man. They got kids out there that are true freshmen like Kenny Solomon, number 31 there, who is starting as a freshman. This time last year, this kid was walking into high school. But yet now he's making headlines and bowl games and getting the swag, man. Uh, are you buying what he's selling over there in Knoxville? Uh, listen, it's been a tremendous turnaround. Uh, arguably one of the best coach, coaching turnarounds you've seen. Uh, September, he was dead man walking. If you talk to anybody around the SEC, uh, you know, with their one and four starts, certainly a, a loss, uh, a cataclysmic uh, win for, for Georgia State. Uh, a disastrous loss uh, for the Vols there to open up. Uh, a lot, a lot of folks, you know, a couple of weeks uh, the week following Georgia State loss, you lose at home to BYU. Uh, a lot of folks, certainly around the SEC circles, don't follow BYU at all. So they thought that was another embarrassing loss. Um, you know, just getting absolutely uh, whipped by by Georgia. Uh, you know, they they did not look good in that first uh, you know four or five week stretch. Uh, but if you look back, and if I told you in September after that one and four start. Uh, they're basically going seven and one to finish the season. Uh, you, you probably would have shook me and, and asked, well, what, uh, you know, what had been wrong with me or, hey, I'm dreaming. Uh, but no, Pruitt's done a really good job at really managing this team. And uh, I think the old saying, you know, certainly no matter what level of, of football you follow, whether it's high school, college, or the pros, uh, Indiana went in the prevent defense. And when you, uh, you know, what, what prevents you from winning? You know, certainly prevent defense and, and just sloppy play. You know, get to credit to Tennessee, recovering an onside kick. Uh, we've seen almost on every level of football uh, that you uh, that just onside kicks are so rare to recover and then to turn around and score again. Um, you know, I believe I saw ESPN stats and popped it out on Twitter late last night saying that uh, teams, I believe, were 371 or 0 and 371. Uh, I believe that was the number uh, when uh, down. 13 plus with uh, with under five minutes left to go. So Tennessee is that one victory uh, there. But uh, yeah, just an impressive job by Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, as I kind of continue to have, to have man, maintained, Sabanites don't fail uh, when it comes to uh, overall uh, their evaluation of prospects. 
Uh, he's been in the Nick Saban school. Certainly, we know he was a defense backs coach, defense coordinator there uh, under Nick Saban as well. But uh, you know, really got to find a quarterback. That's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, the Vols really struggled this year with Jared Guarantano, uh, just up and down and up and down. It really, really started out really rough uh, yesterday as well. And, and I know he went to the backup uh, there briefly and said he wasn't good either. So I went back to to Jared and uh, you know some by some way they found a found a way to beat. Uh, an Indiana, Indiana team that most folks probably around the country hadn't seen uh, on a on a national stage, but they uh, certainly had some had some athletes there and uh, were were impressive at at uh, key times. Live right now, Ben Moore, twenty four seven Sports, always the fellows over twenty four seven Sports, uh, helping us out, making us look a little better than we are on any given day here as we hit it live here on the air. Thirty eight six was the final for Cincinnati. Man, they finished strong. Talking about another team here now, they get eleven wins on the season. I don't care where you are, where conference you're in, in college football, eleven wins is a successful season. Unfortunately, Boston College and the ACC take another one off the chin, man, and they're not having the season that they have had for the last few years. Uh, at all, by the way. Uh, but before we get into that comparison, uh, let's talk about the winner there, Cincinnati. Now they kind of propel themselves in, and uh, not a bad conference they're in. They might not be in the Power Five, but they're definitely in the legitimate six, if you will. Uh, and then on the other side, Boston College uh, didn't help ACC uh, haters to to not bash them a little bit more here. Your thoughts on that Birmingham Bowl? That's I get it, man. You know, the SEC used to go to the Birmingham Bowl, and it was not a game that they they got excited about going to. Birmingham, not a not a hot spot for many, but you got to get in there and play the game, and uh, it, it just looked like it was all Cincinnati from kickoff. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, you know, there, and I know certainly Boston College has, has had some uh, stuff go on, and, and you know, see Steve Adazio uh, move along, and they you know, moved along that staff, and uh, you know, Boston College really has been, um, you know, a solid program. It's just they have not been very good uh, as of late, and uh, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, ultimately, you know, you go back to the heyday with Matt Ryan, uh, and really that's the last time they've been nationally relevant in, in on that stage. And coming from the old Big East into the ACC, the ACC was hoping they would be, you know, one of their top tier programs. It just hasn't happened. And uh, credit to Cincinnati, they absolutely punished. Uh, the Eagles there, um, you know, in Birmingham it was interesting reading some of the some of the things on social media. You know, there was a weather delay in Birmingham to start the game, and there was some conversation uh, that was leaking out from the Boston College side of things that they didn't even want the game to be played. So it kind of tells you about their mindset. Uh, but Luke Fickle's done a tremendous job with Cincinnati. Uh, certainly, a guy as you mentioned. You know, it's not uh, it's not a Power Five job. Uh, even though uh, the AAC commissioner, Mike Oresco, calls it the Power Six. Uh, most folks don't uh, you know, certainly acknowledge that. But you know, overall, the American Athletic Conference has is, is, uh, got some very, very strong teams, as we've seen uh, this season and previous seasons. They're trying to get uh, you know, these, these Power Five victories. They're trying to knock off every single opportunity, and that's the big push around the league. Um, and I think a lot of folks, too, um, you know, got, got associated with Cincinnati football uh, in a big way. And I, I agree with you totally. I, I don't care, uh, you know, what level of football you're at. You're able to put together 11 wins in a season. It's very, very impressive and certainly a launch point for that Cincinnati Bearcats program. Live right now, Ben Moore, 24-7 Sports. Ben, since we've had you on, you've seen the likes of Texas take down Utah. Uh, that was a big game there, a, a big win for the Big 12, a big loss uh, for the pack over there. As Utah, of course, he has knocked out number 11 in the country. Uh, you watch the midship, the Navy, do kind of what they need to do. Kentucky won their game. Florida State thought they might have something to talk about. Well, they do, but it's not a victory here. They were knocked out by, of course, uh, the likes of Arizona State, another Pac-12 that actually got back and did some big things there as well. We mentioned Wyoming taking down Georgia State. 
uh, and then Georgia taking down Baylor. I mean, kind of give us your recap since we've had you on here last and, and, and some of the headlines, if you will, to kind of minimize it all in one. Uh, what was your take in the last couple of days as you took Tuesday night in and, and Wednesday off and uh, watched a little bit of football on the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day front? Yeah, just uh, continued SEC dominance. We hit some of those uh, some of those kings there. I was really impressed with uh, with Georgia. They just came out and, and you know I believe uh, either ten or eleven players uh, were either starters or, or key contributors were missing in that game. They just continue to just beat you up. Um, you know, certainly a Kirby Smart uh, opportunity there as he continues to to grow that program and get some good news last night. Get one the number one tight end in the nation according to the twenty four seven Sports composite. Uh, you know, selects uh, University of Georgia uh, there and and, and uh, another five star prospect for uh, Kirby Smart. Ho hum, you know, another uh, big time recruiting class up to number three behind Clemson and Alabama. Uh, but no, I, I was really impressed with Kentucky as well. Uh, that was an exciting game for folks those folks that didn't watch uh, Kentucky and Virginia Tech. If you didn't have a rooting interest in it. You got to see one of the better athletes, a uh, guy, Google threat guy, Lynn Bowden, um, was, was probably one of the top receivers in the SEC. And uh, he, he's, because of injury, forced to play quarterback in that game and somehow finds a way over Virginia Tech and, um, you know, in a, in a pretty uh, impressive game there. Uh, but no, you, you hit a couple. Uh, Navy continuing to do what they did. Um, you know, was was in really really impressed with that program. Uh, they just continue to be, um, you know, unbelievably strong and and uh, you know continue to to shoot up and should be, uh, I believe, probably a top twenty, top maybe even top fifteen uh, level team uh, moving into twenty twenty. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it, I think more than anything else, you see the the top you know layer and you see the SEC. I believe they're seven and two now in bowl games. A lot of folks, uh, you know, pay attention to that. Hey, how does how does this league or the league that I root for? How do they do uh, in bowl season? Uh, certainly, gaining some more credibility for that league and and strength. And and again, um, you know, they, it's really really unmatched. Uh, you know, you look out there and we'll see what happens. Certainly in the LSU Clemson game in a couple weeks, but um, you know, that's uh, it's one of those scenarios where hey, you know what, uh, the SEC they they may take their knocks and and certainly have some losses to group of five teams. Uh, in the regular season, but in the bowl season, they certainly uh, seem to rise to the top. Live right now with Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports. Hey, Ben Moore, this is Will Porter, the, the producer of the show. Uh, one of the articles that I that I happen to come across is, um, it happens to be a 24-7 Sports article talking about the five-star running back in Zachary Evans. Uh, he has postponed his uh, Under Armour commitment because uh, now there will be six players announcing their commitments during the uh, Under Armour All-American game. Uh, Zachary Evans is a five-star uh, running back, and he will no longer be one of them, uh, and he is not uh, announcing his intentions. He said, quote, I officially signed. I am enrolling early as well. I feel good. There is a lot of pressure off my chest now. Just knowing I have to leave my family was tough, but I have known where I was going for a while. I just had to take official visits to make sure. Um, of course, this is big news. Uh, for any program eyeing this young man, uh, your your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. You know, the, you know, recruiting has changed quite a bit. We talked about it before uh, with this early signing period, uh, kind of moving the calendar up. Uh, you know, a lot of folks uh, would wait and take uh, visits in January, but now um, you see even more and more. I think really in the last five, six, seven years, more kids want to enroll early. They want to get an opportunity to get in there and go through one workout, spring practice, and things like that. Um, you know, and I've kind of been of the of the notion. I've heard some college coaches talk about it as of late as well. Um, I really wish some of these kids can sign whenever they want to. You know, I really do. You know, if they want to make a commitment and sign the summer before their senior year or during their during the season, uh, just to eliminate all of 
that because uh, folks don't understand, too, with five-star prospects and big-time prospects that may have 30, 40, 50 offers, um, they're getting contacted constantly. There are people specifically on staff to contact uh, recruits, and that doesn't even have necessarily be the assistant coaches. That could be, you know, people sending text messages, emails, letters, et cetera, um, you know, just blowing the phone up. I've talked to prospects over the last few years who have changed phone numbers or uh, have basically stopped answering their phone altogether and had a family member handle any kind of communication incoming uh, or outgoing, whether it's on Twitter or you know, other social media outlets or, or, or text. Uh, um, so I can see why a lot of these kids want to just get this process over with. But, um, you know, it is uh, it is a huge decision. And I, I think, uh, you know, too, as we continue to see uh, some of the, the NFL pieces even start to trickle out. You know, there's some heavy rumors out there about Matt Rule potentially going to the NFL, who takes Baylor. You know, what kind of a bounce back and, and ripple effect does that have? Of course, if assistant coaches start flying around. And uh, that's the biggest key factor for a lot of these recruits is, is what these assistant coaches are doing. Um, I know the dirty little secret in college uh, football recruiting was that a lot of these assistant coaches uh, were moved on after signing day. Well, now you have an early signing day, so they move on a little quicker. So uh, guys who have may, may have signed may show up to camp, uh, you know, even if they have enrolled early. And guess what? Their assistant coaches who were their primary recruiter uh, are no longer there. So uh, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I, I did see uh, there's going to be several big-time announcements at the Under Armour uh, All-American all game. Should be uh, should be a fun uh, event there. Um, and I know uh, my, my guy Rusty Mansell is one of the top uh, top analysts in the country. Uh, we'll be there live, and uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. I encourage anybody um, that's a fan of recruiting as well to follow him. He's had some great video from the, um, the practices this week as well. But yeah, the, uh, the young man you mentioned and several others uh, will certainly be looking to see where they uh, where they announce their commitment and and uh, big big moments for them and their family and certainly the programs they commit to. No doubt about it. Here we're live with Ben Moore, twenty four seven Sports, as always. Uh, Man, started the end of the year with you, buddy. Started the year here with you. Another year you and I get to to put it on the sheet there that uh, we got to have a chance to uh, really kind of, I guess, uh, chop it up with you. Now, yesterday also I did see Chandler uh, Morris was a was a commit there. He was uh, he's an Oklahoma commit there. He already given the uh, the horns down uh, to Texas, so it's already personal there. You see mom and dad in the background if you've seen any photos of this kid. Uh, but congratulations. These kids are doing big things. And, and that's a good argument and great debate and another great topic uh, that we can get into with you next week, too. And that is let these kids get in and out. You're right, though. Five-star kids are getting called daily, nonstop. That's why I was kind of shocked that the young man who didn't write it down on the piece of paper on the early signing day for the Gamecocks, uh, he was, he's a five-star guy. And all to me, it looked like he just got back into the ring of give me more attention. Now, he said he's locked in, but, you know, we'll find out how that works. As always, Ben, uh, we greatly appreciate everything that you do here. We're looking forward to a, a very exciting, hopefully uh, explosive 2020 season here for Southern Sports Central. But we couldn't do it without you, buddy, and, and I want you to know that. We appreciate you. Uh, we got to figure it out, man. We either got to get you and your family over here uh, to Charleston, or, or I got to bring our family over there to you guys in Atlanta. But either way, uh, and it may work out that we come to Atlanta because you can give us a backstage pass and we can catch up uh, with the staff that we know about six or seven of those guys over there at Georgia State as well. So uh, I'd love the opportunity to come over there and see the facility. But uh, let's make sure this year is the year we catch up. Let's make it happen, man. Look forward to it. Y'all enjoy the, your weekend. All right, man. Real quick, uh, give us a plug on uh, how to find you, what's going on with you guys, and, and what's uh, coming up here uh, for you guys in the upcoming uh, days. 
Yeah, as you as you mentioned, uh, big big recruiting weekend, the Under Armour All American Game. I know we have uh, wall to wall coverage here, twenty four seven sports. Uh, you can find me at Benmore twenty four seven. I'm covering covering some basketball this weekend. Uh, looking forward to that it's college basketball season. Uh, a lot of folks turn their turn their attention to college basketball uh, as the first of the year comes up, and and uh, continuing as you mentioned, you know, recruiting visits. Uh, the the dead period opens up here. In uh, I believe, uh, let's see, not nine, ten days, um, and recruiting visits will be happening all across across the country. Uh, follow along 24/7, and, and and your favorite team's team site. Uh, you know they cover a lot of the a uh, lot of sites. If they're if you have a team out there and you root for college football, uh, there's most likely a uh, a team site that covers it, and uh, or just go go to 247sports.com and uh, and check out find out what the what the latest on prospects and latest in your school and and uh, as the recruiting rankings continue to ebb and flow as uh, the February signing period will be upon us and uh, it's as you mentioned there's a lot of kids out still out there yet to make decisions and uh, of course kids getting on campus here in a couple of weeks too to begin uh, spring spring winter workouts and then of course uh, you know spring practice are right around the corner. No doubt about it, buddy. As always, man. God bless. Take care. We'll see you next week. Sounds like a plan, man. Enjoy it. Yes, sir. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ben Moore, man. I tell you what, very blessed with the guests that we get on here that, uh, well, they just kind of make us look better. It's kind of like, you know, getting dressed for a prom date. You know, they just they, they just doll us up a little bit here. Uh, do, do they do the hair and makeup? Yeah, no, it, it, it's always good to uh, have analysis and, and uh, more uh, more insight and expert opinions better better than ours. And, um, and well, you know, what better way than the connections that we have over there with um, 24-7 Sports and, and uh, Ben Moore and, uh, we, and we are certainly appreciative of him uh, to, to be here with us again uh, in the new year uh, and, and continuing that partnership there uh, with Southern Sports Central. And, and, all, and as always, a great conversation to have uh, with him, no doubt. Yeah, it's always fun. We will get into college basketball once bowl season kind of finds its way out. It will be the next thing on the menu. So you just have to wait for this five-course meal to kind of go through it. You know, you just have to get through each piece here. We're going to hang tight with you for another probably seven minutes. We'll go to break at the top of the hour. Then we'll get in here with Reginald Walker. He Again, he played his days over there with uh, Joe Pa in the Penn State Nittany Lions. So we're going to get some conversations with him uh, and, and get into some other stuff. But, you know, there's a, a topic that, that he kind of touched on. We'll scratch on it a little bit here. And that is allowing these kids to kind of sign when they want to. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like they, they like savings times to me. It, it, I don't understand it. I don't really think we need to keep going back and forth with our clocks. I think we leave it at daylight savings times to be done with it. Let the day get a little longer. I mean, let the kids out a little longer, right? I mean, who's to say we need them shoved up in our house for hours on end? It's dark outside at 5 o'clock in some towns uh, across the country, right? I mean, for me, I don't, I, I don't know. Some things, I, I guess, you don't change. But then again, you know, I'm the same guy that said, hey, we don't need instant replay. So it's you got to be careful what you ask for to some degree. I think there's a little bit more control on what's going on with these athletes, and maybe that's why they do it the way they do it on national signing days. I mean, we used to only have one. Now here we go with two. Now you have a transfer portal. You, know, you have all these conversations. You know, I had a chance yesterday, um, you know, to talk to Jonathan Bennett, uh, who, of course, is uh, one of the quarterbacks over at Liberty, who, of course, they won their very first bowl game, by the way, uh, this past year. Had a great year. Hugh Freeze came in and really – really showed by example of how to do things. I mean, this is a guy that called a game from the press box in a hospital bed, uh, one of the chair because he had, had health issues, some concerns, uh, and, and really, I, I think, showed everybody, look, don't talk to be about it, and he's done that. And they've won games, and he's doing it the right way. And you see the good Lord continue to bless this guy in, in ways that, you know, I, I don't know, maybe Liberty saw it, right? I, I get it is a, it is a, 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 a biblical college over there. And uh, they're on some holy ground. But 
again, giving this guy a second chance, maybe a third chance or whatever it may be because his track record coming from Ole Miss wasn't great. But he gets another chance, and he gets a chance to do it the right way, and uh, he's doing it. He's doing a great job. He's been a big-time guest here. One of our big-time coaches has joined us uh, in 2019, so we're looking forward to him coming on there with us in the next couple of weeks. Now, they've slowed down a little bit, and they got some recruiting they got going on because National Signing Day, the, the original A1A National Signing Day coming up in February. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and again, another host topic. So one of the things that uh, I think been more highlighted, um, one of the things that I think is great uh, to talk about and, and possibly imp- implement is, you know, these four- and five-star uh, recruits, these kids, that they have to make a decision now uh, or really like in the, in, the, in the early part of November on into December. Some of these kids have just come off of, of championship um, uh, of November football and uh, into December winning championships and whatnot. Uh, and then turn around in about a week and a half, two weeks, and then having to uh, declare for uh, whichever school that they're going to, to sign to. And, you know, quite frankly, a lot of that, uh, I can understand the pressure. Now, I granted, I have not been, um, I have not been uh, fortunate to really understand that. I don't have the talents as, as a five-star uh, recruit, let alone played football. Uh, but, you know, I, I can understand the, the pressure that's on them, on, on the shoulders of these young men uh, and women that, are it's just the the immense uh the the talk and the circulation around uh around them because it's not it's not just local whenever you put it uh when you put it into the perspective of of the individual athlete the one in particular it it's it's talk around everyone that is a fan of the program that uh one of the programs that is eyeing you if you've even hinted at at the possibility of going then um then all of a sudden twitter Twitter explodes and uh, like what a, a baby panda dies or something because mm-hmm. because this is just so it, it's such massive news and, and I kind of agree with Ben Moore that you know they they should explore the option of letting these kids uh, just going ahead and sign at the at the at the pass that they get how that's going to be difficult is that these programs all around the country they have to make their they have to make their decisions uh, accordingly and. Again, like the early nat- the early signing period and then the regular signing period with the transfer portal somewhere in the middle, the- these are like deadlines for these coaches and the and these staffs to put together a roster for next season. And you know, really, really and truly, it helps them, but does it really help the athlete at, at-, at most points in time? I say no, and that's and that I- that's where I can understand Ben Moore coming from uh, in that perspective. And I and I kind of agree with him if, if the kid. If the kid in the summertime in his junior year transition into senior year wants to go ahead and sign in July, he should just declare now and and not uh, have any penalty or anything like that. Um, the only downside with that would be if if he decides to change his mind, he can't do that. And I think that's what it is. You got to keep in mind you're dealing with a 17, sometimes an 18 year old, 19 year old young man or woman. Might even be sixteen. Yeah, yeah, but it's rare. It's very rare. rare. Very rare. I mean, that's that's that one in a billion, you know. But you're telling me there's a chance, right? I get it. But um, <laughs> you know, for me, it, it's it's they're still children. Okay. Yes, they're young adults, if you're lucky. But they're still children, and they need. Yeah, some of these kids would prematurely do it. They don't have the great leadership guidance at home. Let's keep that in mind. Okay. So all of that being said, uh, you know, I get both sides of it. But, uh, you know, I don't like that they sign December. I think if they – I don't like the date because there are still chances to be played what you saw in the state of South Carolina where we had one. 
uh, an all-star game, and yet if you ball out, play out, you may have a chance to go to a better college, but you're going to force these kids to sign the Wednesday before that game on Saturday. Ooh, not a good look. I don't like it. But we do have this look break, and we're going to go to that right now. Top of the hour coming up. I want to thank Ben Moore, 24-7 Sports, for hanging out with us. We are going to come back. We're going to check in in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's going to now be, of course, Mr. Reginald Jr. going to join us here. We'll talk a lot about everything in the world of football coming up next right here on Southern Sports Central. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman alongside Will Porter. It has been a great hour one. It's done, though. It's in the books, and we will move on now to hour number two. We're still talking college football. It's bowl mania, bowl season, bowl it all day long here. We've only got about four more games left, by the way. For everybody that's like, oh, there's too many games. Well, guess what? You're going to get your wish because in about a week from now, maybe a little over a week from now, you won't have any football to talk about in college, minus uh, some of these all-star senior bowl games. So, uh, we do need to go to the hotlines now. The Matt's Burgers hotline is filled up with our guests all the way, of course, from uh, well, the likes of Charlotte, North Carolina. Reginald Walker Jr. going to join us now. Uh, Reginald, top of the morning, buddy. Uh, glad to get you back in here. Let's talk some college football, brother. Got a lot to do. It's a well, we might have dropped him here. We'll see if we can get him back in here in just a minute. The excitement of. Uh, of uh, the conversation has uh, the, the powers that be to cut us loose, but we'll get it back in here in just a minute. Do want to give a shout out to the fan zone. Yep. The holidays have come and gone and you might've got what you need, but you might not have got what you want. If you didn't get what you want, you can head over to the fan zone located over at 5070 international Boulevard, suite 106 and 107. We tag and brag about it all the time. They got so many good things. They got to have two suites to fill it up there. So it's all too sweet to check it out and uh, head over there. North Charleston, South Carolina is their destination. If you want to check them out on uh, the World Wide Web, you can do that at www.thefanzoneshop.com. Get over there and um, hang out. So we do got to go back over to the hotlines now. We'll get back in here with Mr. Reginald. Uh, man, I tell you what, the good Lord said yes, but the devil jumped in and said, wait a minute, but we got control of the show. So uh, we welcome you back here, my man. Yes, sir. Football Friday. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so let me ask you, dude, how great, how exciting was it to play for Joe Pa? I mean, you know, there's so many great coaches, and, and this is something that, that I know that I, I, we haven't talked about yet having you on the show, and we've got a lot of time to do this when the football all season hits. But, you know, I, I think of great legendary coaches, and I go through, and, of course, I'm a big Green Bay Packer fan, and, of course, you know, you, you know that storyline with their coach over there. Of course, down there in Alabama, they've got 
of Beer Brian here in Somerville. We've got John McKissick, and there's this guy named Joe Pop. He's a great guy. He's a hell of a coach. He's the kind of coach that everybody wanted to play for. Matter of fact, uh, I, I want to say uh, there's a bunch of kids from the state of South Carolina that have played for him. One of those was a guy uh, from Conway that went there. Uh, there was another guy, I believe, from Berkeley that went there. There's a lot of names that you may or may not know their last names or may know their first names. But here's the deal. It was a place that you wanted to play, and it looks like James Franklin's got it there again. But what was it like to get recruited by a guy like Joe Pop, man? That was awesome. I mean, you 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 know, you hear the voice, the legendary high pitch, um, and and it's it it just it takes you to a different place. But uh, the the best thing about it was you knew that you were getting better in all aspects of your life every day. Um, he he was such a uh, a disciplinarian, such a educator, such a teacher, uh, such a motivator. Um, but he put so much knowledge in your head every day about becoming a better person. And it forced you to use some of those disciplines that you learned as a person and use those on the football field. The game has taught me so much. And, and one of the ringleaders, obviously the ringleader of teaching me the game of football was none other than Joe Paterno. And you mentioned the wide range of players and, and places that he got players just from South Carolina alone. I played with the late Mike Gasparato who came out of Irmo. Uh, I played with Kente Palmer who came out of Berkeley high school down there in the, uh, the, the, in Monk's corner, uh, Rodney Kenlaw from Goose Creek as well. So South Carolina had a flavor when I was there. Um, and, and it was pre its presence was felt Courtney Brown as well. Uh, the former number one overall draft pick of the Cleveland Browns, uh, a South Carolina native, Wally Richardson as well, South Carolina native. So, and I know I'm missing some guys, but the flavor from South Carolina up to Happy Valley, uh, everybody knows that uh, they they knew how to find quality high school football players uh, from the state of South Carolina under Joe Paterno and since then as well. No doubt about it. I, I agree with you, man. And there were so many guys. There was a young man out of uh, Taka Hemingway uh, who's going to the University of South Carolina. And I believe Hemingway's uh, family member also played at Penn State, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but you mentioned so many names and so many things, and, 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 and it's, it's tradition. You know, and whether you're a Penn State fan or a Florida State fan or you're an Ohio State Buckeye fan or Michigan man, you've you got to be an Alabama guy. Those teams, Notre Dame, these teams have got to be relevant for college football to be good again. It just is what it is. I know you don't like it. Some people don't like it. But to me, when you don't see Southern Cal doing good, man, it just feels like we're missing something in that recipe, in that cake, that somebody forgot to put some sugar in it or some extra whatever in it because it's just not right. Something seems un, un, it just doesn't seem right. You know, it's kind of like that weird air in, in, in the air. And, again, uh, you know, for your days over there for Joe Pye and all you've seen and all you've been a part of, uh, you know, what's the one thing? Give me, and I ask the players this all the time. Uh, what's the one thing that you remember when you close your eyes and, and you're having a just a really bad day? All right, and and you know we have those some days and don't others. But when you have that kind of moment and you close your eyes and you go to a Penn State moment, what's the one thing, the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, there's actually two. Uh, one involving Joe Paterno goes back to 2002. Uh, we're playing at home. Uh, lost a close game and uh, against uh, Iowa, and there was some controversy in terms of 
uh, a catch in overtime. Uh, Tony Johnson on the sideline. Uh, the foot was in bounds. They say the foot was out of bounds. That was the first time I saw Joe Paterno on a dead sprint after the game. He chased down an official. That became the beginning of what became instant replay uh, in the Big Ten. So I'll never forget that. And then another in 2002, uh, watching Larry Johnson go over the 2,000-yard mark, scored a touchdown uh, against Michigan State. And his brother, Tony, wide receiver who I just mentioned, uh, was on the team, obviously. And his father, Larry, was a defensive line coach. To watch him get over 2,000 yards, which, by the way, watching that all season was incredible. To watch him eclipse 2,000 yards and then be able to walk over and hug his father right on the sideline who got to watch it from a front row seat all year, that's a pretty cool moment to me. And it's something that, uh, look, you know, that we talk so much about some of the rough stories that kids have had in, in the in using the game to kind of change their circumstances. I'm not suggesting that Larry had those type of circumstances, comes from a great family, but to be able to have your dad that close by when you make it reach an accomplishment or hit a goal like that uh, had to be an incredible feeling. And it was just a great feeling for me as a teammate to watch that for that family. Um, And that didn't quite involve Joe Pod directly, obviously, but obviously him as the head coach and, and the guy who hired Larry and the guy who, recruited Larry Jr. and the guy who recruited Tony uh, to watch that happen in that moment was incredible and something I'll never forget. Live right now, Reginald Walker here covers a lot of things in the world of football, but he played his football days uh, over there at the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions, played for the uh, the famous, uh, one of the Hall of Famers and, and one of the best coaches in college, uh, no doubt, was Joe Paterno. Of course, uh, he's a legend on our deal and uh, you know, I wasn't a fan. I'm going to be honest with you. Them taking down a statue, really, I mean, it still sits a sore spot in my heart, and, and, and I don't understand that. I, you don't yeah, – taking a statue away doesn't doesn't do anything to me, uh, but 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 just show that you're nickel and diamond, and, and, and we can get into that for another day because I'd love to talk to you about that off the air and then figure out how to do it off on the air appropriately because I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone, uh, but I do want to be realistic with everyone. Uh, that being said – um, you know, when you when you look at it, uh, you see this too, and we are going to get into some bold conversations as well. Um, yesterday, we talked about it on this show, and this is something that's becoming quite an epidemic now, and, and it's a real conversation. We spent an hour on it yesterday. Uh, a young man took his life early uh, down in the uh, state of Florida, down there at Deerfield. Uh, he was hours, 48 hours away from reporting to uh, Georgia Tech to go play football. And uh, he's a five-star kid, uh, seen to be the, his, the, like a, a girlfriend or a, a, a close friend of his, I had posted a video on Twitter yesterday on him, and uh, we actually shared it because it showed a smiling, young, generous, very loving kid that, that really looked happy, that really perceived to be happy. But yet, if you don't know what's behind the door, you don't really know what's going on in the house. And what I mean by that, of course, uh, you find out that his mom, of course, is a single parent. She's raising him and his two brothers, and they're living in their car, and well, they're trying to find a place to stay. They find a place to stay, and it's just tough, man. It's real tough, and yet he was able to check out when he was with his friends, and that's true for all of us, even when we were growing up, Reginald. But um, kind of talk to me a little bit, because you cover stuff in, in, with the 49ers over there at Charlotte and Gardner-Webb and the Bulldogs, and you do things, of course, uh, in some other avenues like myself here as well. But, uh, you know, this is something that you and me and, and all of us in this brand and all of us know what we do. We've got to utilize the gift that God's given us 
right? This is this is a ministry, uh, like it or not, for those who always like to say what they say about the good Lord. But God has put you and me in, in, on a microphone, on airwaves to do what we're doing right now, and that is to bond together as brothers who've all played the game of football at, at the next level, but yet now get to preach about it here on the uh, on the air. But when you heard this news about this young man who literally, man, you had to think about jumping in front of a train. This is not this is not no, this is not something that you just just do. For him to be at that no. moment in his life, give me your thoughts, man. What went through your mind? A former player, uh, a current man who 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 lives, breathes, eats, and sleeps this game every day. It hurt me, um, and 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 it hurt in in a couple of ways. You know, uh, I look at the situation, and and I don't know everything that went on, but you mentioned that the financial. Uh, strain that that his mother is going through trying to raise you know her children he uh feeling like you know he's got to lead the way and and then the fear of not leading the way because he was going off to school and then you add to it this kid was a high level recruit the pressure of performing because he felt like he had to perform at such a level so that he could take care of them down the line I, there is no, you can't, I can't sit here and say I know what he felt, but it goes back to what we hear and what we see. And, I, and I'm one of those people, and you can go back to any time I've done any kind of media, I am very reluctant to call someone a bust because you don't know how hard it is to have to be that great. Uh, I, I looked up the other day and saw that Daquan Bowers is now coaching. Uh, he was a high-level recruit out of South Carolina, defensive lineman. He did have you know, some people. He was the number one overall high school recruit, and they say that wasn't a long enough career and he wasn't good enough. You don't know how hard it is to be that good. And so this young man, Gowdy, to to go through uh, what may have been going through his head at 17, 18 years old, the pressure of trying to provide, the pressure of trying to perform, the pressure of moving away to go somewhere and live on his own that he hadn't necessarily been consistently, the pressure to be good enough to get to the next level. I can't imagine what that feels like. I was not a five-star recruit, so I can't imagine – you know, I was a kid that had both of my parents in the home, and we were financially in a pretty good place. I can't imagine what the pain and the frustration and the 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 pressure that that young man could have felt or was feeling. And so I just tell people, when you see a kid or a person in general, um, that's going through anything or that has these high expectations placed on them, whatever it may be for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, going all the way back in tennis to, to what's her name, Anna Kornikova, or, um, you know, any of these young stars of sport or young stars in media or young stars in acting or whatever the case may be. Don't put too much pressure on them. Tell them to just do their best, and you'll be proud of them anyway, and to trust and believe and let it all play itself out because the pressure that mounts. It's easy for me to sit here and say I could have figured it out, 
I'm over 35 years old. That kid's half my age at best. He doesn't know what's coming, and he's scared, and that's okay. We have to allow people to understand and know that it's okay at 17, 18, 19 years old to be a little bit afraid of what's next. They call commencement, right, high school commencement. Commencement means beginning. You're getting ready to start something that you don't know what it is. We have to be there for these young people and really help them to understand that their best is good enough. And I think that's one of the things that, and I'm not suggesting it was his mother that could have done more. I don't, I don't know. And, and I gather that his mother loved him very much, and I know she's hurting right now. But any and everybody around that situation, help uplift her. Help uplift the other kids in that household because it's a painful time, and this is often a time where people feel as though they, quote, should have or been able to prevent something. You never know. And so just support these people, and, and let's, not, let's do a good job of not bashing kids for what school they select or how good they become in college or whatever the case may be. Encourage them to do their best and let it all play itself out. Live right now with Reginald Walker, of course, uh, a contributor on many fronts here. But right now, talking about mental health awareness, and uh, I can hashtag it till the days uh, end here on our show or, or what have you. But uh, man, that's that was awesome. Uh, again, just to, just to give you the word and, and you allowed to, to expand on it. Uh, it is all of our problem and is all of our, our our situation. And you remember when we grew up, you know, the old saying, if it takes a village, it takes a village, right? These young men and women, and, and this was brought to me. Do I think uh, the rise of social media has aided the increase in, in what's going on? Yeah, I 100% do. I, I think that it's a right now moment. I think people can't wait to take their phones out to show you a fight that happens at a parking lot. They can't wait to show you something else going on or, you know, people. And, and this is true. This is sad. Oh, this is real sad. So get your tissue out. Kids, let me let me tell you something. People want to see you fail more than they want to see you succeed. That's just life. That's at your job. That's in your school. I hate to say it, but it could even be at your church. I, I don't know that because I don't know who you go to church with. I don't know where you live at. I don't know what you deal with every day. But I can promise you, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go out and love everybody or treat everybody the way you want to be treated because that's the golden rule that never goes away. Be better than the person beside you. That's a good thing, man. Hopefully it bleeds into their life. Hopefully that smile you have contagiously gets into their life, and then they go give it to somebody else. Be a light. They say that all the time, and we're having church here, Reginald, and I don't know whether or not you were ready or not, but, man, here we are. <laughs> uh, well, I love it, man, because it's a lot bigger, right? I mean, we just talk about a football game. It's over. And what people don't realize, when you were playing with the Nittany Lions, and you would play against Michigan, or you'd play against Wisconsin, you'd play against all these guys. Like me, when I was, you know, doing my thing, right? You got the Tigers, and you got Georgia, and you got all these other teams. Some of my best friends were on the other team. We didn't like each other yep. for three or four hours. But that was known and yep. said and done, and we re-evaluated and re-positioned uh, our priorities after the game. But right before the game, we, our goal was to seek and destroy the guys on the other side. It's not my fault you wore the wrong jersey on Saturday. That's your problem. But that's okay, dude. We'll go grab us some tacos and hang out after the game. But this is what we're doing. It's the fans. It's the fans that, get, that carry this thing a little bit far, but – I mean, that's, that's kind of the way it is. It's a brotherhood. It's the original fraternity called Athletics. Before there was all these 
different sororities and fraternities, it was called athletics, right? I mean, uh, you know, and, and this is our responsibility, man. This is a young brother of ours down in Florida that played high school football that once he put on his pads for the first time, he automatically became a brother to you and me. And now we have got to get into these young men's heads and these young ladies' heads and anybody else that can hear our voices from here and abroad and say, look, it's not that bad. I said on the show yesterday, man, that, you know, you want to disappoint somebody, take yourself out. Because now they can't help you at all. Now they feel guilty because they will look back. This mom said it yesterday. I don't know if you had a chance to watch her live footage a couple of days ago. Actually, it was Tuesday, I think, maybe Wednesday. And she said that, you know, she had gotten on this young man. Said, you got to man up. You got to grow up. You got to, you know, that, that probably was the last thing she will remember saying to him that she yelled at him. She can't think mm-hmm. And to me, I know we were going to talk college football. We got time. You know, uh, the Lord will move this the way he needs to put it. But, uh, you, you know, it's why I always tell people, look, be careful the way you talk to somebody. Be careful the last thing you say to them. Because the last thing you say to them may really honestly be the last thing you say to them. I, I like to use that word love a lot. I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter, bro. I learned this a, a few years ago. So I'm that guy, you know. I may not know if I see you again. So I want to make sure that the last time I see you, I remember it was a good conversation. And that we spoke with, with joy in our hearts. And that's just reality. Yeah. Because of social media now, man, it, it is not the place. This is a dirty, dark world. And now social media gives it a light. You know, they talk about in the Bible, from, you know, what goes from the dark comes to light. Well, social media brings it to light real quick because it's sad. And, and this is something that broke my heart a while back is that I was at a table. I turn around and look. And this is when I knew social media had taken over the world. And you and I live on social media, right? This is what our job is, so it's kind of weird for you and me. Now, I have an ability mm-hmm. to check out. I, check, I checked out on, Christmas, on New Year's Day, man. I didn't – man, matter of fact, I, I, I put my phone away from me. You know, I, I had to just put it in a drawer and say, all right, I'll see you in a couple of days. But that being said, I will never forget this moment, man, when, when two folks who were old enough to be my folks come into Applebee's. I look over my shoulder. They sit at this table together, and the first thing they did was go to their phone. They mm-hmm. ordered their food. They went back to their phones. There was no conversation. There was no dialogue. There was nothing. Now, when I'm in a relationship, and I'm with, you know, or even when my kids, I get my kids from my ex-wife, and I put them at my table, we don't bring phones to my table. We bring no, sir. conversation, we bring prayer, and we bring forks because we got to eat. But to me, we don't bring the, the, the phones. And, and I know this is something totally different, but to me, this is a worldwide problem that is really attacking our athletes. Because that gives them a chance to check out. But what they do is they check out from their real world. They come into their, 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 their virtual world here on social media, Reginald. And then they're reading other things. Like you said, five-star kids have five-star problems, man. Every day they're supposed, supposed to be this, that, and the other. You mentioned this young man here, the one that lost his life a couple of days ago. He was the man of the house. The pressure was amongst Very them. Good. He had lived in his car with his mother and his brothers, and, and, and she was going through things. You, you, I, could, I couldn't imagine. I'm like you. I'm very fortunate. My mom and dad sacrificed a lot to give me a lot. That word no doesn't get told a lot to me when I was growing up. Probably should have been more than it was, to be quite honest with you. I went off to college. I ended up becoming an athlete. I did the things. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't a five-star kid neither. You know? I mean, you evidently were good enough to go where you went. I went where I went. So we were pretty good little athletes, no doubt about it. But you know, mm-hmm. we also had guys that sat beside us that, that, that mentored us. You know, I don't know if this young man had that. So uh, what advice? Give 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 me give me some words here, and I'm going to let you do this, and then we are going to get some college football here. We will talk some of the games here real quick with you. But 
Give me advice. If you're a young athlete right now, and you're talking to a young athlete, it could be a young, hey, look, and, and this isn't just for the guys, okay? Ladies, we know that you struggle with this stuff too. This is a worldwide, it's an epidemic. What would you say to a young athlete right now who's sitting somewhere listening to our show right now and they're listening for something, something to believe in? What would you say? Your Twitter feed does not define you. Um, and, and, and the main reason I say that, not, and I've said this, and it's, it's, it's almost a little bit contradictory to what I'm about to say, but social media has become currency. It has become a, a, a form of validation for a lot of people with a lot of things. But at the end of the day, you cannot allow how many Twitter followers you have or don't have to define the person that you are. The standard of greatness for you as an athlete or as just a person should be about whether or not you were better today than you were yesterday. The rest of it doesn't mean anything. And so to me, that's what I would say to the athlete just, or the young person in general, just be better today than you were yesterday. And if that means that better is, you finished another book and you've got that much more knowledge in your head, take it. But be better today than you were yesterday. And then to fans or fanatics, as I call a lot of them, just remember when your team loses a game or a player that you like maybe gets beat for a sack or gives up a touchdown pass or throws an interception, hey, guess what? The guy on the other side or girl on the other side or woman, man, that person's either on scholarship, collegiate level or under, or getting paid professional level as well. So when you get frustrated at player X, for not stopping player Y, remember, player Y got there the same way player X did. And they're both expected to win. They're both competing to be better on that particular play or serve or possession, however you want to phrase it. Whatever your sport is, whatever your business is, whatever instrument you play. It is all the same on both sides. So we have to learn to appreciate the spirit of competition but not turn it into a blast fest from a fan standpoint. And lastly, athletes, I tell them this all the time. The media's job is to build you up, to tear you down, whether you like it or not. And some people say, nope, I only want to talk about good things. Well, guess what? Let's call a spade a spade. Anywhere you look, the number one thing that people react to is bad news. If something bad happens, everybody turns on their TV or everybody goes to their phone to figure out exactly what it was. Nobody's chasing down you and I to watch us hand out turkey dinners at Thanksgiving. That ain't the lead story at 10 o'clock on the news. And some people would say, well, that's the news's fault. No, it ain't. The news 
is trying to keep as many viewers as they can. That's the viewer's fault because when they see that story, they usually change the channel. So whose fault is that? That's society's fault. That's folks needing to look in the mirror. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm perfect. I do it too. <laughs> but we got to be better about that. Uh, trust me, I, I don't do pot calling kettle. I don't do that. I'm with you. I, I'm not I'm perfect. I'm not perfect, but we've got to work on being better every day and understanding that when we watch sport, everybody is competing. They're putting their life, their money, their scholarships, whatever the case may be. All of that is on the line. But it is for everybody out there competing, not just the person you like. We can't forget that. Those are great points, too. I tell you what, live right now, Reginald Walker, uh, he's the voice of many. Of course, uh, he handles uh, the Charlotte 49ers. He does uh, Gardner-Webb. He does a lot of other avenues. Former player for Joe Pye, Penn State, grew up, of course, uh, in the world of football, has dealt with it. And, and you know I say this. We do need to head to a break. I want you to hang tight because I want to break it up. Will, I'm going to let you say something as well, but hold on a second. So that that being said, um, you know, I, I say this, too, because I, I want you to understand how, how cynical and how selfless and selfless people are these days. You can put a picture of you up, especially if you're a female, and, and boy, they will like you a billion times. But you put a picture of you and your kids up, or you put a picture of something you've done that's, that's, that's a family-oriented thing, and you might get 15. What you need to do at that moment, and I, matter of fact, let me challenge you today. It's Friday. This weekend, I want you to put a beautiful picture of yourself up. And this is more for the ladies, because, Reginald, you and I do it. I don't think we're getting a million likes. My, you might. I, I don't. <laughs> it I doesn't work for me. <laughs> but, ladies, you really want to find out what, who, who's on your Facebook likes and who's your friends? Put a million. Put, put that beautiful picture of yourself up. All right? And, and watch it blow up, and you are going to break the bank on likes. All oh, the likes and the loves and all the conversations that are going to happen. Beautiful. This, that. But then I want you to put a picture of you and your kids up. I put something up that has. And when you see that 1,500 go to 15, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to delete the other 1,000. Because those 1,000 don't care about you. They just want to see you. They just want that side of you. And if that's all they see you as, and I have two daughters. So this is not a conversation I haven't just had anywhere else. And I can get it. And, and the reason I'm telling you this because we don't just talk about the fellas here. There are female athletes out there, too, right now playing Division One, that are playing Olympic-sized sport, playing pro sports in the NBA, or in the uh, ladies' NBA and all that. There, there, there are these ladies out here. But think about it. If these individuals are only liking the pictures that you put up of yourself and they don't really joy and, and celebrate your victories in life, do you want those people in your circle? Think about your circle. Who's in your circle? You know, the old rule of thumb here, guys, is I tell my children this, and you said this just a minute ago, and I'm going to echo this. You only got to be better than you were yesterday. If my kids have a bad day, I say, man, that's awesome. But today, all you got to do sometimes is put your feet on that carpet or on that floor, and you're already better than yesterday. You're already winning. That's cool. Think of it that way. And the other thing I'm going to tell you this is if you show me three of your friends, I'll tell you the exact sign of person you are. And that's never going to go away. Well, I'm going to let you speak real quick. We do need to head to break to kind of break this up. And of course, uh, yeah. go to a break. 
Yeah. Um, now, the thing that was echoing in my mind is that, uh, you know, talking about the social media age and, and contributing to this, we, we are uh, creatures of, of comparison, usually by nature. It's happened all the time, uh, ever since, ever, like probably ever since the dawn of time that, that has been the, the comparison game of that. Uh, what, what do they have that I don't have? And you see, um, I, I, I have um, acquaintances, not, not necessarily friends. Uh, I have acquaintances who uh, I, I just happen to be Facebook friends with, and I see them. They're either like some like somewhere in Paris or, or New York City, and they have a picture of the Alpha Tower in the background. And then I say, "Oh man, they're in Paris." And then the the deeper part of me says, "Oh man, I wish I was in Paris." Like that's the natural occurrence and the natural reaction that one would have to uh, to seeing that. And then the other thing, I I, uh, I th- this is this is purely Jesus. Um, coming out this was a tuesday like i said i went to um palmetto moon it's one of the the outfitters here in in somerville uh and and at the checkout counter they have these the the bracelets the helensky's hope bracelets and uh i was curious about inquiring inquiring for one and so and so i did i ended up buying one um and it and they have the the three different colors they have the the clemson colors they have the south carolina colors and then uh their colors which is the it's a blue band with red text on it and uh, and it has Helensky's hope in text, and then the number three, and then if you turn the the bracelet over, it has the National uh, Suicide Prevention Hotline. And um, I just think, you know, how full circle that this all is uh, to be, you know, to re- to really bring this at the forefront of the conversation. Yes, it's an unfortunate event that prompts us to um, to to bring about this conversation, but it, it, it's a it's a conversation to be had nonetheless. And I think that you know, like praise be to God that this happens, um, or, or that 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 this conversation has, you know, really started to roll here on Southern Sports Central. Um, that you know the word the word is getting out there, um, and that you know me- mental health is is not just this it's not just this thing it's not a it's not a misconception it's an actual health issue it's a, an actual epidemic and you know coming from somebody who, um, you know, I, I've struggled with it at one point. I know I have friends and family, um, who, who struggle with it that I know that they struggle with it. And, and I want to say to them, you know, like you, you are not alone in this because you, you have, you have friends and you have family and those that care about you, uh, and all of those things. And, and, um, and just, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to reach out. When it, whenever you do, it's not showing a sign of weakness. As a matter of fact, it shows a sign of strength that you're willing to um, go forth and, and and you know put yourself out there and say, hey, I need help because there there is good in the world. There is still good in the world, and um, that and that's something that needs to continue to be highlighted each and every day to help these individuals. No doubt about it. Here, uh, and, and we're a big thing here and. And, and Reginald, of course, uh, you and I, uh, you know, we, we've had a chance to get to know each other better and better since the first time you jumped in here. We had, found out you spent some time at Goose Creek, South Carolina during the Hurricane Hugo days. Nobody knew that. And you ever want to see God work, open your eyes and give him a chance. Because I'm going to tell you something. Uh, every time I turn around, he puts people in my life like yourself and a few others. Uh, we had a guy who's a coach over at Mallard Creek. Uh, you know Mallard Creek. That's in your backyard, too, by the way. Um, he went to oh, yeah. Stratford and he went to Somerville. I didn't know that. I didn't know this coach was connected to Somerville. I didn't know that he grew up here in our backyard. I had no idea. I had no idea he went to Stratford High School and played over there for, for another legendary coach over there, Coach Stackley. I had no idea. Come to find out, 
You know, people listen to the show. They're like, man, how'd you get him on? How'd you know he was a Somerville guy? I was like, I had no idea. That was all the Lord. I had no idea. So for me, if I take 30 minutes away from telling you the stats and the scores that you can read or watch on, on, on TV sometimes and talk about some real life stuff, because it's an epidemic. It's higher than it's ever been right now, and it's only going to get worse if we don't wrap it up and, and, and put it together and do the things that need to be done. Then, then I feel like I'm at fault because I know better. And when I know better, I'm supposed to do better. So with that being said, I know you can hang out with us for a very small break. I want to kind of break up this conversation and get into some football talk with you as well and uh, get back and, and, and some of the things that you and I wanted to get to as well. But uh, if you can, that'd be awesome. Uh, if you guys are looking for someone to talk to on this, and there's something we've done, um, I've got a couple numbers here. Number one, uh, there is the, uh, the number that's on the uh, bottom of, uh, of the bracelet that Will was talking about. And we're going to have the Helensky family in here with us next week. But the number to call in, it, it is easy. It's uh, 1-800-273-TALK. All right, 1-800-273-8255 is the number to call in. Um, don't become a victim when you don't have to become a victim. Don't become a, a, an isolated situation. Because there are so many people out here that are willing to help you. You can contact me. You can contact anybody on Southern Sports Central inboxes, Facebook. Is, hey, I'll take a whole day, and I'll talk to you. And I have no problem. You can call me at 3 o'clock in the morning because it's worth it. That being said, uh, we'll take a moment of silence for all of you that are suffering for whatever you are. This is a tough time. It's the holidays, guys. You're not defined by being a great person by giving out a great gift, though. I need you to understand that. That doesn't define you, doesn't make you a better person. Just because you give me a better gift than the dude next door, I don't like you even more. I appreciate what you did, possibly, if I'm a shallow individual. But it doesn't define you. You know, and that's the thing I need you guys to understand. So there's Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. I've got, of course, a good friend of mine all the way up in Charlotte, North Carolina, the Lord's brought into my life, and I appreciate Reginald Walker and all that he brings to the table. Along with Will Porter, I'm Rich Yaldman. We'll be right back. Everybody, a great song there by the producer. Great job, Will. That's a that's pretty amazing. Here's we're live right now, all the way uh, from Somerville, South Carolina, with the Matt's Burgers Hotlines and our special guest here, uh, and a, a huge contributor to the show, uh, 
can't tell you enough how much we're glad to have you a part of our show here, uh, Reginald, and, and what you bring not only to the table here, but what you do in and around uh, Charlotte and, and around the country as uh, you cover multiple uh, places there, of course, with uh, uh, UNC, uh, the, the, of course, the 49ers over there, and as well as uh, Gardner-Webb and the Bulldogs and now doing what you do here. I do want to also, uh, before we uh, talk a little football here with you, say for the military, men and women, God bless you. Thank you for what you do. Uh, we know this is a big issue for you as well. Uh, you, you feel like you go to war, then you come back, and we just kind of put you to the side. Um, and I'm sorry if you feel that way because uh, that, that shouldn't be the way you feel when you go and sacrifice your life for us so that we can do what we do here on Southern Sports Central. Uh, for, the, for, the, for all of the first responders, the same goes to you. I mean, there's so many that, that this affects. Now, yes, we talk to athletics because this is, a, this is a sports show, but we recognize that the safety, that those who, who help us feel safe. I know there was a situation that happened, I believe, yesterday in the military world that, that, that has a, an ongoing epidemic feeling. Charleston is, by the way, a huge military town where we have uh, the joint base there with the Navy and the Air Force, so we get it. And I see a lot of homeless people, and they're all connected to being a veteran, and that's a shame. That's a shame. But hopefully we, we all can band together. That being said, let's talk football, buddy. Uh, you saw it yesterday. You've seen it uh, all week long. Of course, we haven't spoke since earlier this week. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, brought some football. Wrap it up in a nutshell for me, Reginald. What, what's kind of been your biggest surprise, I guess, in the world of college football uh, in the last two or three days? Where If you look at the slate now, we've only got about four games, which is very disappointing. But up to this point in the last two or three days, uh, what were your big headlines? I just think, the, I mean, this year in terms of the bowls, I mean, they've been competitive. Everybody, uh, I, I thought we'd see a larger number of guys just choosing not to play. Uh, we haven't seen that as much as I thought we would. But check this out. Uh, and and it's, it's something that, you know, Brett McMurphy tweeted this out, and, and he's been all over this. But when you look at the conferences in terms of their winning percentage in bowls, uh, the SEC sitting there at 72, 79%, basically, 78%. The Mountain West, 4-2. and two. Pac-12, 4-3. and three. ACC just sitting at 500. The Big Ten, 4-5. and five. Big 12, 1-5. and five. ACC, 4-6. and six. I'm sorry, the AAC sitting at 3-3. Three and three. The ACC at 4-6. and six. That tells you that this is some competitive, good, high-level college football that we're seeing right now. And these teams are really fighting to get quality wins. Coaches fighting to get quality and signature wins. And, and the other thing it tells me is it may not be a Power 5 conference, but there are good football players everywhere you look. I watched the uh, the Cotton Bowl with about 150 of my favorite Penn Staters. And the entire game, they were saying, why is Memphis in this game? And I'm saying, because they're a good football team. They just play in a different league. And, and to me, this – when everybody's competing hard in bowls, you get Minnesota beating Auburn, and then you get Alabama. You know, they beat Michigan, but that game was pretty good early on. And, you know, you start looking around, and there's been some really good games. And I think that's going to continue. And I think, you know, the national championship game coming up in, I don't know, 10 days is going to be another really good football game. 
Uh, so I'm just impressed and, and, and happy that there's so much quality football being played and it's trickling up to the NFL. Think about it. I was just talking to a friend of mine who's an NFL coach this morning, and we were laughing at the fact that the sixth seed in the NFC is 10-6. and six. Are you kidding me? Football is at a great place right now because the athletes and the good players are spread out. They're everywhere. And you see it from the highest level trickling all the way down, and so – the bowl season so far for me has been uh, more than a pleasant surprise, if you will, uh, to watch these kids uh, go out there and compete and and look to, to win games not only for themselves but for their senior teammates and for their coaches as well. So I, I'm fired up, and I'm looking forward to the next few days of bowl games. How about Jeremy Pruitt picking up a big one yesterday coming back from 13 down with like five minutes to go onside kick all of it to get a, to get a win over Indiana. That's a great springboard for that football program down in Knoxville. No doubt about it, man. I mean, you, you, you're talking about, and, and we say this on the air all the time as we're live right now with Reginald Walker all the way out there in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina on the Matt's Burgers hotline. We say this all the time. This, there's so many different factors of like bowl game. You get more practice in. You get to play another game, but you get to help your recruiting status at will. Either A, you say, well, we would have won that game if we got you, buddy. You're, you'll play. You'll get in. You're in. Or, hey, man, look, dude, I told you we're building something big over here, dude, because look at this roster. We're locked and loaded full of true freshmen that are playing at Tennessee, and, hey, we won the last six games. We might not have won the first two or three, or we might have dropped this one to that one. But here's how we finish. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And these boys finished. And that's true with their game yesterday as well, well-fitting for their season. Didn't start great. Ended pretty good. And for all those naysayers on Jimmy, you know, Mr. Pruitt, you wish you had a Pruitt on your staff. Trust me. Uh, he is a, 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 he's one of those branches of a Nick Saban tree that, that continues to do well. Uh, you mentioned the NFL, and I think you're right. I think this is a very big time of year right now. Uh, we're, we're we're very lucky to have such great football in college, and then it marries itself over there in, in the NFL. And you and you look at the Slater games coming up this weekend, and then uh, next weekend it's 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 almost kind of uh, uh, another jam packed weekend. Guaranteed, it looks like, even though you know I, I guess the Eagles can kind of be taken a little differently. But hey, a healthy uh, Philadelphia Eagles team is a lot different than what you've seen this year. I think that's been their thing. What do you think it's been though? What what's and, and this is something else. Uh, with all of that, you, you, the injury bug has not only hit the college level, but it's hit, of course, the high school level, and it's hit, of course, the likes of the NFL. Why so many injuries, Reginald? What is your thing? Because I don't remember this many injuries when we played. I don't remember, you know, seeing this many guys that just can't seem to beat these nagging injuries year after year. We believed in off seasons back then. <laughs> the the, you know. As you look at sports now, look, we can call it what we want, but the reality is most of these kids are trying to get to the professional level. And so when that happens, you know, you're looking at the dollar figures that are out there. And so they don't stop. They never stop training. They never stop trying to work with a trainer or go to a camp or go to a seven-on-seven or play in an AAU tournament. or You know, at some point, you have to just let the body rest. You know, I remember talking to Ben McDonald, former number one pick of the Baltimore Orioles, great pitcher in his day. And he was telling me, he said, man, 
the scariest thing is, and he he coaches baseball. You know, his son his son's now playing at the college level. Um, but we were talking about him. He's like, you know, some of these coaches they you know they they found a kid who all of a sudden he's thirteen and he can throw a curveball that's near the strike zone, and they're calling sixty curveballs out of the seventy five pitches. And this kid's doing that in baseball season. Then he's going to fall ball. Then he's doing winter camps. Then he's going right back to the season. The kid's throwing 75 pitches, 60 benders every week for 45 weeks at 13 years old. And they wonder why his elbow snaps when he's 19. It's too much. I think we've got to get back to allowing kids to take a rest, take a breather. I always tell kids that I, I've coached, when the season's over, take a week. Take a week. Don't train. Don't work out. Take a week. Sleep good. And probably stretch three of those five days. Minimal. And then move on to your next sport. It will behoove you and your body to give yourself a little rest from time to time. But what happens is everybody's trying to be perfect. Everybody wants to be the number one overall recruit. Then they want to be the number one overall pick. But how many number one overall picks have we seen? Philadelphia 76ers. Not even play as rookies because of injuries. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz. Now you look at the Pelicans, South Carolina's own Zion Williamson. He hasn't played an NBA game yet. At some point, you've got to shut it down, at least for a week or two, and let your body heal. And then go back to what you were doing. That's the key to cleaning up the injuries to me. I love it. I mean, that's exactly what – and those are the things. And, and we've got some stats here we'll get into. Uh, we'll get you back in your course next week, and we'll get into some things. And, and we'll kind of start pipelining some things here. But uh, I do want to say thank you so much uh, for, for what you have brought now again. And, 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 again, everything happens for a reason here. I know we didn't get into a lot of scores. We highlighted the games that last couple of days that hit you, and you know, we've been talking about those here this morning. But I, I want every guest to bring something different. Of course, you have, you have done that, and, and I want to say thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, matter of fact, uh, you know, we talked about Mr. Hancock. I'm actually uh, having a conversation with him here today, actually. Uh, he's back, I guess, back here at home. Uh, before he heads back up to Gardner-Webb. And, of course, um, you know, he and I uh, always try to catch up when he's home on break. I do this with all the kids that, that go off to college and come back. I try to at least uh, have a conversation with them, right, because, uh, you know, I cover these kids when they're here, and then I feel like they abandon me when they leave. It, it, it's kind of a sad deal. You, you hate to see them go, but you love to watch them leave because you know they're going to go somewhere and be great. And uh, I just, again, I, I want to echo what I've said to you before. Everything that you do, whether it be on this show or, or your shows or uh, in the avenues or venues that you cover, uh, I, I greatly appreciate you because I can already tell you that you're a good man and, and, and all that you continue to do on and off an airwave is, is so much larger than what people can see. So I want to give them an opportunity to know that. But uh, I am going to catch up with you today off the air. I will give you a heads up there. But 
Uh, thanks again for, for what you do. And uh, real quick, give yourself an opportunity. How do people find you and, and what's happening in your world here in the next 24 to 48 hours? Uh, next 24 to 48, I'm going to go, I'm going to get out of town a little bit, go see a friend of mine from high school. He, uh, uh, is a military reservist, Navy reservist. And, um, just go, go hang out for the weekend. He got married a couple of years ago. I was down there for it. He got married down in Mexico. We had a good time. Um, and then for me, uh, Twitter, um, at R walk 13, R W A L K one three. Uh, and just, uh, you know, I'm there. I'm always talking football, talking sports in particular, um, and, and trying to uplift uh, every morning, try to send out a tweet that just gives you a little bit of positive vibes. You know, sometimes it's Monday motivation. Sometimes it's a Friday focus and everything in between, because the idea is if I can give you a little bit of a sentence or a little phrase or a little something to think about that helps you have a better day, today than you did yesterday, then I'm doing my part. And so find that on Twitter every morning. Uh, we'll get those out there as well. And and then we can we can talk any any and all aspects of sport uh that, that you like to. Uh I don't I don't get too much into some of those other things that are going on out there because uh I don't feel as though I'm totally locked in enough to, to, to formulate certain opinions on those things. But I watch a lot of football and I watch a lot of sports in general and I'm trying to be better today than I was yesterday. So I, I have no problem imparting that via my platform, which is Twitter at our walk 13 to do that. And so if you want to join in that conversation, uh, I welcome any and all to do so. Man, we greatly appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy your weekend with your friend. Uh, make those memories hang out. And, again, uh, I'll catch up with you here just shortly. But, uh, again, thank you so much for all that you've done today and uh, continue to do as we grow together here in 2020. Sounds great. Anytime. I appreciate you guys and look forward to coming back on. There you go, guys. Thank you very much. That is Reginald Walker. Of course, uh, he is the voice of many uh, and a voice here on Southern Sports Central. We've got him a chair now here in the studio, a parking pass out there in the yard, and uh, we're ready to roll. And he uh, is, is a very much an answer to many prayers and, and, and of course, uh, brings many gifts with him. Uh, I, I want to kind of throw some stuff in, and, Will, now you and I can kind of talk a little bit for the next six, seven minutes here. The odds of making it into the NFL, just so you understand the odds here. And I'm going to tell you the odds are against you, which, you know, you know, and that's true in a lot of times. High school players, this is just, uh, just a few numbers here. High school football players, 1,086. 627 high school football seniors, 3,010, 465 NCAA football players, 70,147 NCAA playing football, 20,042 percent of high school players to the NCAA are 6.5. Okay. NCAA seniors playing football, 15,588. Now, players being scouted by the NFL, you got 6,500. Invited to the combine out of those, 350. Players drafted by the NFL, 256. Rookies making it to the team, only 300. Percent of players NCAA to the NFL are only 1.6. It's a pretty low number if you think about it. NFL players reaching a four-year deal. Now, you remember... We started off at the number 1 million, right? We were at the 1 million mark. 
NFL players reaching a four-year deal, 150. That's it. Yep. Big picture things, guys. If you ever have poured oil in your car, and if you're, the old, if you're older than 16 years old, I hope the answer is yes. If you haven't been taught, please go learn that today. Yes. Learn how to change a tire today. The qualities of life. But if you look at that funnel, the funnel is just like that in sports. You look at the top of it, it's a nice open rim that almost anything can get into. That's called Little League. Mm -hmm. As you go down, it gets a little smaller. That's called high school. It gets a little bit smaller. That's called college. That's called NFL. And at the very bottom, it's called life. That is the exact picture of what you need to understand, athletes, of how it works. Not everybody everybody gets a break. Just because you didn't make it into the NFL or whatever arena that you're shooting for, the Olympics. That doesn't mean you're not a great athlete. That just means you didn't catch a few breaks along the way. Winning a national championship is as much luck as it is talent. The ball has to fall the right way. The referees have to make the right call. They mess up with instant replay. We talked about that earlier. I mean, it's just reality. It's life. So luck does play a lot in a lot of things that you do in life. Yeah, and, and I'm going to rebuke anybody who says that otherwise because I, I, I'm a person who does believe in luck. Luck does happen. Yeah. It just happens to fall one direction or the other. Right. It, it's like Reginald said. While you're sitting here mad that your guy didn't catch the ball, yeah. don't you wish you had the guy that just batted the ball down? They're both on scholarship. They both have a goal. Okay? I tell our, I tell our receivers all the time, it's your job to catch it. It's his job to defend it. So he beat you. He did a better play than you. Kudos to him. Sometimes you just get beat. Sometimes it's called tipping the cap. It's life. Sometimes you got to tip your cap at life. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what, life, you got me today. Yeah, and so the motivation then should be, it should be, it doesn't doesn't mean that it happens all the time, but the motivation should be is that, oh, man, he just got better than I was, or or he just did a better play than I did. He made a better play than I did. I I need to get better. I got to work on it. Because sitting at home, you're not going to do that. And And I said this yesterday. I had this conversation. If you do the same thing today, that you did yesterday, you do the same thing today that you did this time last year, I hope you expect to get the same result a year from now. So in other words, I'm going to use it for example. Yeah. Right? Somerville. Great group. Great coaching staff. We finished in second. I'm the voice of the green wave. You, of course, get to do the broadcast with me. I have a lot of – I take a lot of pride in being the play-by-play guy and doing a lot of stuff that I do for those guys. Right. So when I say we, that's what I mean. And if I was with anybody else, I would do the same. We finished second. If Somerville, if they do the same thing today that they did this time last year, if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, we need to understand that the chances of us finishing second round is going to happen. That's reality. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a difference, is called insanity. Albert Einstein says it best, and I believe it most. Yeah. Trust and believe me. Now, that's not what's happening at Somerville, so I don't want anybody listening to think I'm saying that Somerville is going to – I'm not telling you that. I know better than that. I'm around that facility. I know they're working out. They're in the yards. They're in the weight rooms. I yeah. get it. I understand it. Trust and believe me. Nobody has up coached those kids as good as Somerville High School coaches. Just, just remember this. There's always a team. There's always a player, somebody out there that is going after the same goal that you are. Yeah. And they want to beat you, and they want to be better than you. Your your right. job is to be better than yourself. Right, and there's a lot of times, like you're wearing the Green Bay Packers shirt. I'm a Packer guy. I've got a Somerville shirt on here in the studio today, uh, long sleeves as it's chilly outside. Yep. Uh, if you're an Alabama fan, I've got you know some swag that I've, I've retained out of that deal too. 
Uh, with that all being said, people come after the best, and you're going to get their best day in and day out. Life is going to give you its best every day. That's just how it works. Your enemies are going to come after you and give you their best every day because they want to see what you got in their hands and out of your hands. And if you don't believe that, then I got some oceanfront property in South Dakota to sell you right now. And it's a deal. It's a heck of a deal. Call me. I got it right now. In fact, I will give it to you. I will even sell it to you. They'll throw the golden gate in. All day long. Understand this. It's up to you. Yesterday sucked. That's awesome. Today's going to be great. So go out and be great today. It's now 9 o'clock, top of the hour. Southern Sports Central brought to you by a lot of people. Want to thank Simmons Barbershop, Gers Pharmacy, Matt's Burgers, and, of course, our friends over at the Fan Zone. And throwing some shade over there at the Tent Farm with Jonathan Farmer, who has a basketball tournament today happening. And uh, you want to get over there and check it out over at Grease Creek High School and Hanahan High School, as well as the Mulkey Tournament that's happening up in Somerville right now. He was one of our nine firefighters that lost his life in the tragic fire Years ago, he was a coach over there on the staff. God bless him, his family. God bless you and your family as another week has come and gone as we welcome you into 2020, guys. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Will's going to bring you the fifth quarter, 8 o'clock. Will, God bless you, my friend. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock.